Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm really good at talking to people, and I'm, I, I do it a lot, but to do it in front of people, um, if you're not sharing your testimony, it can be hard, and the gospel is something we're all saved by, so like that's something we all should know very well, and it's easy, but when you rely on Holy Spirit to um, change the course of what you had planned for two weeks, and then he throws a teaching, or throws something at you to teach on that you're not exactly comfortable with, it's a little more difficult when you're in prayer with your wife, and uh, basically, long story short, uh, the Lord just told me that you're not to just give a sermon that you prepared. You and your wife are going to give a sermon together. And uh, don't worry if there's anybody that's a staunch believer that women shouldn't teach. There's a lot of women here. So pay attention because Tally's preaching to just the women. Men, plug your ears and don't listen to it. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I like the laughter. That makes me feel better. Um, no, uh, it's it's nerve-wracking. It is hard because preaching and teaching is a very serious thing that um, pastors should take serious, um, and some are better than others, so hopefully you enjoy what we have to give you. Um, if not, then take it up with the Lord because he gave it to me to give to you. Just kidding. You're allowed to laugh there, too. Um, but anyways, uh, so starting with that, it was funny. We just had some missionary friends come in from Romania, and uh, I just wanted to touch base on this real quick. Um, we've been pouring into them for the last seven years. Great friends, they came. And uh, Veronica was the one missionary we spoke to, and she asked me personally, she goes, how do you feel about women pastors? And I kind of chuckled because we were speaking to a Baptist friend of ours, and she asked me that question afterwards. And I said to her, I said, well, the problem isn't that women are being pastors. The problem is when you look at a congregation full of women, uh, who are they preaching to? Um, and, it's, and she kind of looked at me funny, and I said, if we were men and we stepped up to the plate as God asked us to, um, women wouldn't have to fill that gap so much. So um, she kind of looked at me and I said, like, look at, look at the prayer warriors ever since I was a child, and it probably goes on before that, the percentage of women at the church. I know my mom was one of the first ladies that woke up in the morning, was in her word and praying, and I, I, not to throw my dad under the bus, but like my mom is a prayer warrior and her relationship with the Lord is huge. So, man, I, like, I'd love to see the church change and, and, and be a position where men have to preach to men and receive from men. And women can preach to women because they're more comfortable preaching to women. I don't think women are in a position that want to preach to men because we're kind of, I don't want to say slow, but we're, we, we like to hear what we want to hear. Like, we don't want to hear a woman tell us to do anything, because that's a drippy faucet in my head. Um, so with that being said, I think women are much more comfortable talking to other women about the issues that they need to grow together in the Lord with, and that's something that we'll touch base on further in this. But uh, So anyways, um, it is Mission Sunday, and um, I wanted to talk about Liberia, because we are planning on going to Liberia um, for everybody that didn't know. Uh, we announced it two Sundays ago, and um, there's a few things that we wanted to go over. I did want to inform you that um, you guys are an awesome church, and I love you guys so much for your support. 
Um, tickets have been bought and paid for already. Um, we're working in the process of getting vaccines. Um, this Friday, we're going to do that. So, um, and we're figuring out all the areas of child care for our children and things of that nature. So, the wheels are turning. We are going. Tickets are bought. So, thank you guys so much. Praise the Lord on that. Um, so, with that being said, we're going to step into the next topic that I wrote down because I have a bunch of notes. My wife's taking the microphone. Are you, uh, Go ahead. Are you going into Liberia still? Okay. okay, so for Liberia, before we move on to, like, what we want to talk about, I just want to kind of tell you guys, um, a lot of you guys are new, and you probably don't know our longstanding relationship with Liberia. Um, and Pastor David, who's over there, he runs the Beulah School. So it is a school, um, Brock and Kristen, they live there for a few months. Um, we've sent countless, I don't want to say countless, we've sent quite a few missionaries over there for short-term missions. Um, so we have, as a congregation, we tithe 10% um, to 5% goes to Liberia and 5% goes to local outreach here. So it's just something as a leadership that they've decided and that we've st stood by. So I bet a bunch of you guys probably didn't realize that, that 5% of everything that comes in goes straight to this Beulah school. Um, so like it or not, um, you guys probably didn't know this, you are supporting this school. And um, with David, um, he, his 75% at least of his funding comes from us. He doesn't have other donors or anything else. So essentially, they are running because of us, which is really cool that we get to be partnered with them and, and um, distributing clothes and um, education and ultimately the gospel. So um, David is a man of God. He's actually come over here and spoke before. Um, I haven't actually met him face-to-face. -face. We have FaceTime a few times in preparing to go. So um, I'm really excited to meet him. He just seems like a man that is just on fire for the Lord, and you kind of have to be if you're in a place like Africa that just is super intense and um, the spiritual warfare is just right in your face. Um, so it, I'm really excited just, just to be around them. Uh, the people that war the enemy face-to-face -face, um, is just it's really cool. So um, I wanted to let you guys know that you guys are supporting this school. And um, David says that if you're educating children without giving them the gospel, you are just equipping the enemy and giving, making clever devils, which is kind of crazy. Um, but he really believes in the gospel that much that that is what he's doing. His ultimate goal is feeding children and doing all these things so that they are in heaven forever. So anyway, we're really excited just to like go and see what this vision is. We don't have a lot more information than that because we haven't actually seen it with our own eyes. And that's why we're going is because we want to not just give money every month, but we want to figure out how do we can be intentional partners. If they need food, if that's what's going to help share the gospel, then we want to make sure that we can come back and figure out how to do that. If they need a new vehicle, which it sounds like they definitely need, we want to figure out how we can do that. Um, it sounds like they have like an agricultural program that they're going to try and start so they can start um, being more self-sufficient so that if, you know, Salt Church randomly folds, which won't, but then they could continue on without us because it's just, it's not good to have like a welfare system. We definitely want to help them be more sustaining on their own and also bring other partnerships into it so that they can flourish on their own. So that is like essentially what we're trying to do is going over there and figuring out like, okay, what is it that you need? You know, who are you? How do we partner with you and how do we actually make this grow more and get you guys more involved and like we'll do like a car fund or or whatever that looks like because we we want to see the the 
the problems that they have over there are just not like the problems we have here. Um, you know, starving children is really, really hard to see. So um, anyway, that's kind of what like Liberia is in a nutshell. So the next thing that we're going to be doing um, is we're raising money for um, like school supplies and things like that. So we are going to be doing another offering from in between now and when we leave. We're leaving on the 16th, um, just so you guys know it's official. Like you said, tickets are bought. Like, no going back. So essentially what she's saying is everything's been paid for. What we are doing is a vision trip to see how we can come alongside them better. Um, so the next offering will be just to bless them with certain things that they don't have. Uh, like a chainsaw, for instance, is something they don't have, but we have to buy new because there can't be fuel in it and just for traveling things in that nature. So we were going to do a list to send out so everybody could purchase whatever they needed, but it just it's, it's more sufficient to do funds. We'll buy it. Some things we'll buy there and whatnot. So with that being said, we'd like to give you more information on Liberia. I just have not been there yet, so we'll do a follow-up um, at this point if there's more that needs to be answered. Uh, talk to Brock. He knows. <laughs> but honestly, um, there's been a few other people here that have been to Liberia. We can put you in contact, and it's just something we're yoked with them. We already are. We have been for years, and we just got to be faithful with what we have. So that's what we're going to do and see. Um, so to get in the sermon that we had prepared is uh, where we're at now. Um, so we... It's so hard. Um, first off, I just want to tell you guys now that we're preparing for our sermon is that we don't really do sermons together much. We just do, like Al said, like we just talk about countries we've been to. And I, I'm really good at sharing my testimony. I've done it a thousand times and then do scripture from that. Like to actually teach you guys about what the God's doing in my life is a lot harder. So I appreciate the grace that you guys have for us as uh, family members and as people that just love Jesus. And um, so I just wanted to start with that, that you just have some grace for us and hopefully that this helps your heart as well. Yeah, so thank you guys. Um, like I said, I have a gift to talk, um, but a gift to preach is something that we all work on. And that's a calling that can be a struggle for me sometimes uh, in this atmosphere. So like Tally said, have some grace. But as the Lord was speaking to me as I, as I was in meditation and Holy Spirit said, um, in my in my work, I get to see a lot of fatherless men that I get to disciple, and Al already kind of gave a precursor to what I wanted to speak on. Um, it's Mission Sunday, and we get confused on what the mission field looks like sometimes. The mission field can be the marketplace. It can be your backyard. It can be your house. We're all called to missions, and we're all called to share the gospel. We're called to go to nations, and in case you didn't know, we're the nations. Uh, the Gentiles are the nations, so that is pretty huge, um, pretty big place to go. And in that, I realize what our world is, uh, our United States of America is definitely under attack, and we get to see it in marriages a lot. So one of the things I wanted to speak on, and it, it, this is a sermon of, Getting to know what submission looks like, because you need to submit to be in missions, but you also need to submit to the Lord, and you need to submit in your marriage, and we get to take part in all of this by doing missions together, and by no means do I want to make this sound like it's something that 
I say like, oh, I'm praising my wife or praising myself in. I'm praising the Lord in this. And may all the glory go to our Lord and Savior because these are things I get to see the Lord do through my wife, through us, in our missions and in our ministry. And I just want to share these good things. This, this is good news that we get to share with you because I get to see people around me grow. I get to see my wife grow especially. And when you want a close marriage Serving together is a way that you can get closer. Um, when I got married, Al drew this really good illustration, and uh, I'll never forget it. Um, and he probably stole it from somebody, but I don't want to say he did. <laughs> but he, it was really simple, man, and trust me, I need simple. He drew two dots, and then he drew a dot up higher, and he said, the beautiful thing about marriage is if you're growing closer to God together, you will ultimately come closer in this triangle. And it's that simple. Man, it's that simple. And if you're not married, guess what? You might be if you're young. So listen to what we're going to preach about. This is the Lord's word. And if you've already raised your kids, good. Then share this information with your grandchildren and your children. People need to hear this because marriage is under attack. I mean, pornography is on your phone to, uh, like, just the stories you hear on a regular basis in the workplace, a fatherless generation. If you're not showing your children what loving your wife looks like properly in your house, in your church, in ministry, there's nothing, in case you guys don't know us, there's nothing I don't do without my wife. Like, honest to God, I am around this woman I don't, it might be unhealthy amount. I don't know. <laughs> but like I wake up next to my wife. The only time I'm not near her is when she's brushing her teeth in the morning because then we go to work and work together. And then when we're not working together, we're doing ministry together. We're raising our chi- children together. And we're in the church. Like there's not a moment. Like so when scripture says that you, <laughs> you become one flesh, we take that very seriously and it's hard to become one flesh if you don't like the other flesh that you're with. Um, so getting into that sermon, I guess it's Hallie's turn now, so I'll let her talk. <laughs> I guess we should have had two microphones so I could just cut you off. <laughs> so a part of that, too, is like, um, you know, we talk about, like, how Nate and I are together all the time. And I, I, I've talked to a lot of people that struggle with their marriages. And they think that, like, if we're in leadership, that we're spending every morning in the Word together. And we just, like, fall in love. And, like, we just randomly sing worship songs and stuff. And it's just really not, like, what that looks like at all. Like, there's takes so much grace to be married. It takes so much grace to just, like, walk through work together. Like, we went a whole year when we first started working together, like, it was, it was a lot of new communication. It was, like, our seventh year, which I don't know if you guys know this, but I hear the seventh year is the hardest, and it really was for us. We had to learn how to, like, communicate because I already know all the stories. I bet maybe most wives probably don't hear the stories as much as I do, but I knew all Nate's stories within the first year because he just never quits talking about them. <laughs> but really, like, after year seven, we really um, we hit a new level of, like, I know everything about you. You know everything about me, and we're working together. And so I just, I want to, this morning, I really want to just be raw with you guys on, like, what it looks like to do missions together, ministry together, work together, like, real life together, because it's not all rainbows and, like, Jesus just glows around us all the time. Like, we definitely seek the Lord in all of the areas. Like, we, there's, there's many, many fights that we have that I go upstairs and cry in my prayer room and just talk to the Lord about it, and he works it out in my heart for my husband. It's not about 
Nate just being like an awesome godly man that's so easy to be in love with. Like he is so easy <laughs> to be in love with. <laughs> but it's really, it comes from a submitted heart with the Lord. It comes from a life from, from my perspective at least, and I'm sure his too. But from my perspective, like I love Jesus first. Like we sang that song about being surrendered. Like surrender isn't just like a, Oh, like, I love the Lord. This is amazing. Like, it's a sacrifice. Surrender is a sacrifice. It's a counting of a cost. It's something that has been given in order to take. Like, there's so many times that I ask the Lord what needs to happen. <laughs> You're still in a microphone. Am I talking too much? <laughs> um, there's so many times that I go up upstairs and I'm mad at him and I ask the Lord, like, what I should do. And the Lord tells me to say sorry or tells me to, for like, and I'm like, well, he's wrong. Should I tell him that he's wrong? And he's like, no. And I'm like, that's not fair. Like, it's not fair at all. It's not the, the way Bible says submit. So, no. <laughs> you just wait. You, you don't get to cut me off yet. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. We only Submission. got another 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. That's why we got to get to the point. <laughs> no, I, more than anything, I want to talk about what it looks like to have a surrendered life. Because, yes, it's in my marriage, but it's also in my children. It's also in my work. And it doesn't look like just saying yes to Jesus and then living the life the whatever you want to do. Like it says saying yes to Jesus and then submitting to his will, whatever that looks like. The first words that Jesus ever spoke was in Matthew 4:17, like in ministry. Like the first thing he ever addressed to anybody He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Repent. That's the first thing that Jesus said. It's not just about like, hey, like, like I said, like this awesome glow of Jesus and like, we're just happy and I can live in sin and have sex and do whatever I want, watch porn. Like, that's not what it looks like to follow Jesus. It takes, it costs something. It's a sacrifice. It's not, and like, yeah, marriage is awesome because I'm submitted to Jesus. Missions is awesome because I'm submitted to Jesus. And it takes me saying yes to Africa and leaving my kids home on their own with by their grandparents and amazing things for them. It's a good thing for them, but it is a sacrifice. My, my, my job, my, we run a company together. We're both leaving. Like we have to put our company in God's hands because it is God's, because my life is God's and I trust him. And the question I have for you guys today, like, do you guys live a submitted life to Jesus? Like, do you actually walk around? And if he says, Hey, today's the day, like, I don't want you watching porn today. Do you still pick it up? And like, well, he doesn't know, or, or you actively trying? Cause the other, thing about submission is that it is not just like, oh, well, I sinned today, so I suck, so I'm not submitted. That's not what it looks like either. Submitted means my heart is for him, even if I make mistakes. My heart is for him, even if I still smoke. I still try really hard not to smoke anymore, but I can't stop right now, but I'm still trying to make steps because I love Jesus, and that's the whole point. You guys cannot just Say I surrender all in a pretty song and then go about living your normal life. And when they're calling you to the mission field, that means you get up and go to the mission field because Jesus said to do it. He he says that I love my husband and he's freaking mean today, but I love Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and say sorry, even if you don't deserve it. He's never mean. He's so sweet. It's so easy to love this man. <laughs> so it's just, I'm saying that it's not like, I'm, we're going to talk about our marriage and like the benefits of it. we got 16 minutes to do it. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to talk, so. <laughs> so I'm going to cut you off. Um, Genesis 2.24 says, Therefore a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. Um, so the definition of cleave is to stick fast. And as I said earlier, 
it's hard to do if you're not in agreement with your wife. So, like, the I, I want to say first, like, sub, it, it says in Scripture, I think around 100 times that wives are to submit to their husband. Like, I looked it up. It's around 100. Um, as your husband submits to Christ. We'll get into bigger detail with that. But <laughs> I was told by a really smart pastor once. Um, <laughs> he said, Nate, do you know what's more important than submission? And I said, what's that? And he goes, agreement. Because when you're out of agreement, there's room for rebellion. And if there's rebellion, then that's against Christ. And, and that's something that me and my wife really try to practice a lot is to be in agreement. It's a lot easier to be in agreement. So we've talked to many different people about, like, well, I don't look the Bible because, like, you know, that feminist movement in America creeps in. And, well, I don't, I don't think I should have to submit to anybody. And it's funny because my wife immediately jumps up and defends Jesus' word. She doesn't have to. But she says, I've never had to submit to my husband because my husband treats me as Christ treats the church. Now, I've failed at doing so. Believe me, I've failed many times. But if I do my best at that, then my wife don't have to submit and we're in agreement. And it's beautiful when you're in agreement because there's no room for rebellion. And if you struggle with that, check your heart and, and, and really press into the Lord with this because you don't have to submit if you're in agreement. That's a beautiful thing. She submits to Christ as I submit to Christ because I'm called to submit to Christ. And I'm supposed to treat her like the church. And, and in that, like, what did Jesus do for the church, man? Like, really think what Christ did for his church. What did he do for the bride? He did everything from feeding him, nurturing him, to dying and giving his own life. So in that, if, if, if you're a man and you're not willing to do that for your wife and you want to r- rule over your wife in whatever ministry, mission, house, like your household is the biggest mission that you have. I'm here to tell you, your kids are watching every move you make. That's your mission. For, like. I hope every one of you want to go on a mission trip with me. I, I would love nothing more than to have a team that's this size that we could serve together. But I'm here to tell you what happens in your household is tenfold on what we can do in the mission field. Because me, I have, I have five kids that, that might be future missionaries. They might be pastors. They might be teachers. They're going to sit in a seat that the Lord calls them into, and they are watching my every move. So that's my first mission. With that being said, uh, we'll move into the... So, so the Lord said, just share um, some, some of the things that the Lord's done in your life on the mission field. Um, how he has strengthened my marriage with my wife in the mission field. Um, and I want to go through, um, there's two different parts to this. And if we don't get the second part, because we only got 13 minutes, maybe we'll have to do a missions night. If you want to hear more, just give us feedback. If you want to do an evening, um, we can get more into that. Because we'll probably just get on the five things. Because I got five things God does, has done in our lives together. And then I got five things that God's done in our lives apart. Because there's growth apart from each other in the mission field too, like, we rely on God for a lot when we're apart from each other. And he's always there and he's always faithful. Um, do you want to add anything right now? Or do you want me to get into what the Lord's done? So the first thing is uh, when, when I first met Tally, um, she was, this is, this is a hard one because it was harder for Tally and it was awesome for me. <laughs> she, was, she was ready to go on the world race. And that's uh, Adventures and Missions, 11 countries in 11 months. And the door got close to that. Um, 
And that's hard when you hear the Lord and somehow there's unanswered things when the door closes. For me, it was awesome. I'm like, this is great. I'm getting a wife. Like we were like, I got to see God's goodness and miracles take place. Um, in that, the doors closing opened doors in my life. So with that being said, we ended up doing missions together. It got me involved in mission field. Um, this is one way the Lord ed- has really edified our marriage. I got to see, like, I got to have children with a woman I love. I, like, I got to get firsthand download of, of nothing short of miracles, of, of something that looked like failing, but we still put all of our hope and trust in the Lord. And, and of course, there's hard times. And we... Like, I watch my wife cry and weep nights in prayer, seeking the Lord. And I just, before we really get into this, man, like, this is hard. This, we're, we're becoming so open with you guys that it's, it's hard. They're like, there's nothing short of being hard in the mission field. Yeah, so just talking about that a little bit. Um, uh, 11 countries, 11 months. Um, a lot of you guys may or may not know this. It was like eight years ago. So I got to raise, I raised like $15,000 in this tiny little town. Um, and then when it time, then time came to go, it was a very public thing. And they said, no, they said I, I shouldn't go. And they gave me some crazy reasons. Basically my past was rough and this and that. Anyway, it, it was really, really, really hard. And yes, like I love how Nate said, like it was such a blessing for us and we didn't know that. And it really was, but I will not come, I will not lie to you to say that it still doesn't hurt just a little. Like it was one of the hardest lessons I've learned because when it happened, um, it'll be a lot, maybe you guys know or not, like I come up from a really dark past. Like I have a lot of drug abuse in my past, a lot of really bad things that I've been freed from, that I've had sub, the submitted heart to Jesus. And this was one of those first times I took a step in the direction that I thought God wanted me to go. And I'm going to raise money and I'm going to do the world race. And it's going to be amazing because this is what God wants me to do. And, and I'm telling you what, even when you become a Christian and start stepping into the things you think God's called you to, doesn't mean it's just full of joy. It doesn't mean that there's just no heartache ever again. Like that was one of the hardest things I've still gone through. And I've been through some hard things just because it was like, it hurt so bad that I felt like the Lord kind of turned his back on me. Like I was stepping out for you and then you didn't do it. And um, like, clearly this is what the Lord wanted me to do. Clearly he wanted us to step in together. But I do want you guys to know that there's still certain things that you might not know this side of heaven. There's still certain pains in your life that happen that there's sometimes there's not really a reason for, or you don't know, but you have to trust the Lord. And that comes back to what I was saying about having a submitted heart, like a submitted heart to Jesus. Like I know he's faithful. I know that I trust him. I know that no matter what I do, he's got my back. So in this pain that I'm going through, like I'm just going to still keep a step above a step, another step in the direction I think God wants me to go until he shuts the door. And then I was like, okay, well then I'll take a step here. And then eventually the steps brought me to my lovely husband and our million children. (laughs) But I just wanted to, I wanted to, when we talked about this last night, I just wanted to tell you guys that like, just because we're standing up here or we do missions and do ministry and it looks great. Like sometimes there's still pain in there. Like sometimes there's still things that like aren't fully healed. Like the Lord can heal all things. Like there's plenty of scars in my life that there's no pain for anymore. And that one, I feel like it's basically gone. Like it took me a long time to be able, even be able to talk about it. But I just wanted to tell you guys, like, it doesn't mean like 
It's just joyous, but we have joy in eternal life. We have joy in knowing that God's real. We have joy in stepping forward that my kids are going to be raised. Like, there's many benefits to a great marriage. All these things are benefits to following the Lord, but it doesn't mean that it's easy all the time. It doesn't mean that we know all the answers. It doesn't mean that every day is full of joy. You have to choose it. You have to choose your life. You have to choose the next step. All those things. So, again, I just want to iterate. Like, these are ways that we are putting God's word into action in our marriage. Like, it's, it's, it can be completely, it's for somebody, and it, hopefully it's for everybody out there. But the second thing I got to see in the mission field <laughs> is amazing. If, if you've served with your wife, like, or husband, for, for me, it's my wife, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's amazing what God does. Um, so... The second trip to Romania, I got to see my wife do some incredible things. And uh, one of them was um, when we went the first time, it was with Adventures and Missions. And we got to see a lot of things that were new and and, uh, cool and fresh for us. And they said, we want you to get deeper. And we took some training courses, and they wanted us to lead a bunch of mission trips, which was fun and exciting. And we're growing in the Lord together, and this is crazy and new and awesome. Uh, the second trip we went was kind of neat because Raul, the pastor we were with, pulled us aside and was trying to spend more time with us individually and uh, to, to figure us out. Like, And he'd say, are you guys coming long term? And I'd, do, do you see yourself in the future working with us long term? And every question he'd ask, I'd lean back and be like, I, I, what do you think, Tally? And in and, and that country... Um, especially in the south part of Romania, it's very man-ran. Like, your wives submit, and you tell them what's up. Like, it, it just is what it is. And he looks at me with his stern, cold face, as Stephen said earlier today. Um, he goes, you put a lot of pressure on your wife. And I said, well, if you read Scripture, it says that we are one flesh. And I kind of talked to him more in depth of what that looked like. And as we get to go into this Roma community, we know them as gypsies, but uh, we're we're pulling up to this Roma community, and uh, mind you, they're very strong Baptists, so women do not preach um, to men. We pull in this community, and I feel the Lord saying to me, it's Tally's turn. It's Tally's turn. And I'm like, man, how do I come into some dude's country? I'm under this pastor, and I'm going to be like, no, it's my wife's turn to preach against your doctrine. Like, man, so I'm sitting in this car, and he's like, so we will come. And I said, Raul, I think, I think my wife needs to share her testimony at this. And it was what I, what I got to witness and see the Lord do through my wife was amazing. We walk into this little church, man, and it's full of all these Roma men, women, children, and uh, she shares her testimony, and it became so real with these people that Americans have problems too. There probably wasn't a dry eye in there, and, and the Lord was glorified in ways that I can't even speak. We get out of the, we get out of the service, and Raul looks at me, and he goes, okay, Tally, like almost like mushed my face, like, like just pushes me aside. And he's like, and he looks at, and he just goes, we will go here, 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 and here. Hey, Nate, grab those bags. I became a permanent bag boy for my wife. 
But it, it was, was awesome. one of the best feelings I ever experienced in my life because I got to see my wife serve the Lord in ways. I'm telling you, if you serve with your husband or wife, it will do things in your marriage that I, I can't explain. There's things that we... Explain faith to somebody. Explain faith to somebody that doesn't have it. Explain God's goodness to somebody who doesn't understand it. I'm here to tell you it will do things in your marriage when you serve the Lord together, rather it be in a different country or in your own home or in your church. Our church body needs people. I'm telling you, serve Come clean the church together and listen to worship music. Do, do something. If you're, if you're looking at your husband watching TV or you're looking at your wife watching TV or you're looking at each other, try to go serve. Just see what it does to your heart. God will bless it. I, that's number two. Do you want to add anything yes. to that? So it's interesting, like, this whole trip to Romania is, is one of my um, foundational points of motherhood. So at this time that we went there, um, uh, the boys weren't even a year old yet, and the Lord called me to go to Romania. And I honestly was super naive in it. Um, I thought, like, this was when I was, I guess, younger. It wasn't that long ago, but it feels like I was a lot younger. Um, And so I felt like, okay, like, it's this amazing adventure, and the Lord's just going to take care of it and, like, take care of my kids, and it's going to be great because I love him, you know. And I'm just always just diving straight in before I think. And I think Nate's kind of like that, too. So we don't have a thinker in this relationship. It makes it tough sometimes. <laughs> we just like, oh, Jesus said, yeah, all right, let's go. And oh, so um, that's this, oh, yeah. <laughs> this trip, um, when we went the first day, of course, like, Nate's really, um, what do you call it, um, like, contagious. Like, every trip I go on with him, he's always just like, oh, Jesus is amazing. Isn't this so great? And it's, like, the same way for me because I'm, like, with him. And it's just, like, and this trip was not like that at all for me. And, like, I didn't want to, like, ruin it for him because I was, like, falling apart. And uh, meanwhile, like, moving mountains in the kingdom for, like, these women in Romania that aren't allowed to speak in churches. There's no women pastors, nothing like that. And I'm speaking every day. And Nate has no idea because he's just happy. It and was just, awesome, man. He's I'm like, just like, woohoo! He's like, everything's like, getting saved. Chains. And I'm like trying not to fall apart. Like I was trying so hard. And um, I think the third day, I'm literally in the car going from church to church, like sharing my testimony, breaking chains, like awesome things happening. And like my heart is just falling apart. And uh, the, so the third day I finally told Nate, I'm like, I'm losing my mind. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I don't think I can make it. Like, I don't think I can speak anymore. Like, I'm, like, I'm crying, like, weeping silently. Like, I miss my kids. Like, it's not supposed to be like this. Like, the Lord told me to come, so this is supposed to be fine. The Lord said to do this, so I should be okay. Like, kind of, like, mad at the Lord over it. Now, mind you, me and her sitting together in the back of the car. Raul's in the front, Drill Sergeant Raul, with another guy. And we're, like, having this conversation. And she's melting down in the back of the car. I'm I'm trying to look out the window. (laughs) I'm looking out the window so the tears are just running down my face. Like, I can't do this. (laughs) And I was, like, I was really mad about it. I was really mad at it. Like, me and the Lord have a really honest relationship because that's really the only way I can do it. And I'm just, like, Jesus, like, you told me to come. And now, like, I can't, my kids aren't here, and I'm losing my crap. Like, what's, I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to say that. Um, Like, what's happening? And um, I told Nate, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what to do. And so then uh, I go and speak at another church, and we're leaving this church. And I remember it was that one really snowy one where we got to hand out Christmas presents. And um, it was such a big deal. It was a really good night. And we get in the car, and we're heading back to the house. And Raul turns around, and he's like, so, 
how are you doing missing your kids? And I was like, oh. <laughs> why did you say that to me? <laughs> and so I was just like, honest, like normal. And I'm just like, this is, this is crap. Like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And this isn't fair because the Lord called me to do this and I'm not able to do this. And I don't understand where he's at. And this is supposed to be easier. And Raul, I wish I would have wrote it down. He didn't. He gave me a, he gave me a scripture in Romans and he said that, um, Paul said something like, even though it's, it's painful, and I'm probably butchering this, even though it's painful, like I still serve with everything I have. And he said, um, he said, Jesus didn't go to the cross because it was joyful. Jesus didn't go to the cross because it was fun. It was a sacrifice. Sacrifice is painful. You know, and the whole time I was there, I kept saying, like, well, sacrifice for the Lord. You know, it's like kind of what I was saying, but not really realizing what sacrifice looks like. And sacrifice looks like barely able to hold it together for me sometimes. And it really, it changed the way I parent because I do try and serve my life with God first, even outside my kids. And, you know, my kids are, they're the most important thing to me. Outside my husband, of course, you know, because I, I definitely keep that in mind all the time. Um, I try to, at least. Honestly, like, I try really hard that Nate's always first on my list when it comes to if he calls and asks me to do something. Like, I always say, yeah, you know, like, I always try and do that. But it, with my kids, it made it to where, like, they're the Lord's first. And so, no matter what, like, I trust the Lord. And it was a really good um, teaching for me on just, like, what it looks like to actually sacrifice for the Lord. It's not just saying you're going to sacrifice. It's actually painful. Like, it actually sucks to walk through. It sucks to endure. Like, I'll tell you guys, it's not all roses and butterflies. And it's not a condemnation message. Like, God is good. God is freedom. God brings, like, life and joy and amazing things. Like, there's nothing good outside of God. But it doesn't mean that your friends don't be mad at you sometimes because you say, that you're not going to go sneak out or you say that you're not going to watch porn or you're not going to go to that show or what, like, it's weird sometimes. You guys get to be weird. Like, it sucks sometimes, but it's still the best thing for you. It's still where the sacrifice is. It's still where the Lord dwells in your life. If you want to become deeper with the Lord, like you sing every Sunday or you say in your private time, it comes with a sacrifice. And that sacrifice doesn't look like Oh, it's just an adventure, you know? Like, it does sometimes. So sometimes that was it's my, fun. That was my number three. So <laughs> she hit number three. We got a couple minutes left. So I'm going to hit number four. Um, and this coincides with that. Um, so number four, we never served in Africa together. Like, we did other countries. We did our, our, our nation. We did a lot of different trips. She did Columbia. I did a few apart from her and other places. Um, so then we hit Africa. And man, that one was hard. Uh, talk about heartbreaking. Um, so scripture says, um, when you're suffering, when, when you have broken hearts, when you're meek, all these things, like that's where, that's where you find God. The coolest part, er, he, I get to watch my wife. I get to watch her heart get broken. With my children, when we went to Africa, I got to watch her heart break over children there. My heart broke. And it's, it's, a, weird, it's a weird dynamic. But when you're in that place and you surrender to the Lord and you have nowhere to turn and there's nothing to do except look at kids that are starving to death. 
kids that are selling their body sexually so they can get a bowl of rice, so they can get put in an, like, there's orphanages in, in Zambia. There's places that take in kids. They take in sick kids first. So there's things that children will do to get sick intentionally. I won't go into detail, but when you see those things, and it breaks you, and it breaks your wife, and you're brokenhearted together, and you come to the Lord, man, there's, I'm telling you, God does some awesome stuff. And, and that's one of the things I've got to see the Lord do. I've got, like, as, as Tally's talking about how painful and hard it is, like, God also says in Scripture, He's there. It shouldn't be hard when you're counting on Him. There's things that you'll see that, that, that are hard that, that you can't explain, but you seek him and when you seek him together and you're unified in Christ as, as one flesh, man, I'm here to tell you there's amazing things that take place in that, that you don't get to do unless you're serving with your husband or wife. And, and, and I've never been brokenhearted to the point that I was in Zambia. There's things that'll never leave my head that I can only experience with my wife and my savior. And that is something that is, that is crucial. There's very few things that you can do in this life that can be shared with, with your wife and your Savior. And, and I'm telling you, serving is one of those things. Serving is one of those things that are that crucial. Did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, so I got like 15 more. Um, honestly... I do want to read some more scripture. So in Ephesians five twenty five through thirty three, um, let's get into that here. Let me. I had I had thirteen different ones bookmarked, but I just I want to read that over the church, um, and then we can close out. Like I said, I uh, I really we have so much to share and so little time. Um, one of the things about Ukraine, when you talk to Ukraine and Romanians, their church services go for like three hours. Um, if we go over five minutes, please, if you, if you got to go, go. We just, we're trying to be obedient to the Lord. And uh, this, this service is nothing short of just trying to get a servant's heart in the church body. We're miss, if you're not, if you don't have the servant's heart, you're missing out. You are missing out on the blessings that the Lord is giving you. And that's, that's more than anything. Talking to Stephen, I, like I kind of told him what the Lord's doing. And he's like, how are you going to put that into Mission Sunday? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I really, and, and hopefully it, it's going decent. And if it's not, give your complaints to Al. He'll take them all. Or the Lord. Because he, <laughs> he was not aware of any of this. So I do want to say he's safe in it if you don't agree with anything I said. Um, but anyways... Um, Ephesians 5.25 starts, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word. Man, Al said that in a sermon, and I am convicted on a daily basis. If you are not washing your wife in the word, man, you better start. I'm here to tell you it, it is your job as a man, and I'm trying to fight back tears there's a reason. There's a reason there ain't women in the church, and it's because men ain't standing up and doing their job. It, it, that's it, man. There's a reason that I have fatherless kids that I'm employing that, that need a dad to show them the simplest things that don't have it. It's because they're not washing their wife in the word. I'll, I'll stop because we only got so much time. <clears throat> and to... 
present her to himself as radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. <laughs> That's heavy, man. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself after all. No one ever hated their own body. So that's going into the being one flesh, man. Like, there's ways to do it. This is just ways that I and me and Tally have activated it. This is ways that we have made God's word take life in, in, in our lives, take form in our lives. And that's by serving together on the mission field. Uh, where did I leave off? For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And to the will, become one flesh. Um, My phone's all smashed, so I'm having a hard time reading it. I apologize for that. Um, This is a profound mystery. (laughs) That's so, like, I just want to say we get to worship a Lord that has profound mysteries. That's just, that's rad in itself. I can't help it, like. Mysteries are amazing. The holy mystery of communion to what takes place in baptism. Faith, hope, love. These are all mysteries we get to take part in that like, man, when you think you know love, there's deeper. When you think you understand and scratch the surface of love, man, it's only deeper. But I am talking about Christ in the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. That's easy. That's the, that's the underlying part, right? Like, that's the part that we get to apply. That's, that's, the, that's the recipe for success in marriage, in ministry, in serving your church. And, so, like, man, just hold on to that. I'm telling you, if you're struggling in your marriage, start serving with your husband. Start getting into God's word. If you're ready to get married, apply this to your marriage. It's a recipe for success. We won't have to worry about hearing divorce. Believe me. Believe me. This is good. This is good for your marriage. This is a success recipe. With that being said, we do have to close. I think it's Tally's turn again. Love you guys. Thanks for being patient. So I want to talk about, um, so I know it's kind of like all over the place because there's two of us, So, um, but I really want to go into being, having a surrendered life and what that looks like. And I know I talked about that briefly, but um, I just want to talk to you guys about, um, it's not about being called to missions. Like, yeah, some of you guys are called to missions and you need to answer the call of the Lord. But it's, that's not what this is about. That's not what this sermon is. Yes, it's Mission Sunday, but it's about having a surrendered life, a surrendered heart. And stepping foot into an obedience. Hesitant obedience is still disobedience. So if you guys know God is saying, today's the day to forgive that person, today's the day. Because hesitant, diso- hesitant, hesitant obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. If you want to go closer to the Lord, like we sing, like you say, like you pray, that starts with obedience. That starts with a surrendered heart. That starts with a sacrifice. Guys, it is joyful, but it's painful sometimes. You know what? I know it's uncomfortable. 
I apologize for being uncomfortable, but Jesus was really uncomfortable. He was super, he said really rough stuff. So one of the things that Jesus said is in Luke 16, 13, he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If I, if Nate says, hey, I want to marry you, pretend like we're getting married, even though we're married. Um, he proposes, and I'm like, yeah, sure, like, we'll get married, but I'm just going to keep this one guy over here, if that's okay. And like, I'm just going to like, just have just like once a year, not a I big like deal. That. Yeah, like, <laughs> is it, that's cool, right? That's cool. You know, because like, we're the bride of Christ, right? We're the bride. So is that what we're doing as the bride of Christ? Are you guys keeping men or women in your heart to hold on to? Lust, porn, anger, unforgiveness. Guys, I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy, and it sucks. But what does it look like if you're actually diving into the Lord? What does it look like to actually live a surrendered life? You know, like, it, it sucks sometimes. Like, it sucks leaving my kids here. I get it. Like, guys, but the thing is, like, another one that was my favorite ones is Isaiah 61. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will receive in your inheritance. And you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. I'm telling you that I used to promise this to myself because it was the word of God every day back before I met my husband, back before I had my kids. And I thought there is no possible way that the Lord will ever pay back this empty land. There is no possible way that this is going to be my promise, even though I said it to myself every day, even though I rested in it, even though I stood on it, there's no way that the pain that I'm going through, that the Lord is going to redeem. There's no way. And then, here I am. I don't know if you guys know this today, but my husband really loves me. At the very least, you get that. I have a husband that adores me. I have a business that's doing pretty well most days. Um, I have my parents that are restored that we have a relationship. My, my dad used to not talk to me. For like two years, he didn't talk to me. He hated me <laughs> because I was, I was an awful person. Like there's a lot of things that I went through. And even in this right now, it feels like a dry season sometimes. It feels like I can't get through it sometimes because work is hard and I'm raising young kids and I'm hoping that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and I'm hoping that I'm serving the Lord and I'm just praying that I'm doing what I can do. And I think that there's no way that the Lord's going to be able to pay back this sacrifice of me going to Africa again and leaving my kids at home. But the Lord has promised me that he will. And I know from the past that he is, his promises are real. And what he does, what he says in the Bible is true. And it has happened for me and it'll happen for you, but it comes with a cost. It comes with a sacrifice. If you guys are ready to have the Lord of your life, be the Lord of your life, I want you guys to stand up. I want you to stand up right now if you guys are ready to accept the Lord as Lord of your life. And that if he says jump, you do it. If he makes it clear, you're going to do it. If he says go to Africa, you're going to do it. If he says today's the day that you're going to forgive that person that sucked, because trust me, I've forgiven a lot of people that, in my life, and they suck. But it is good for me. It is good for my heart. It is what the Lord has wanted to do. I want you guys to stand up and we're going to pray over you because you cannot make a difference if Lord is not Lord of your life. If you have a husband over here while you're trying to serve Jesus, Jesus wants all of your heart, not pieces of your heart, guys. It's not just this little part that's easy to give. It's the whole thing. It is the whole thing. Guys, if you're holding back, if you're not going to give him all of it, then you're going to miss
miss out. You're going to miss out on what it looks like to have a fruitful marriage. You're going to miss out on what it looks like to have kids that are raised in the word. You're going to miss out on what it looks like to live in the favor of the Lord because you're not giving your heart to him. It is time to give your heart, guys. Don't hold back anymore. His portion is a double portion of your land, but you have to choose it. You have to choose it. Lord, you are so good. God, you are so good. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, of the pieces that we've been holding back. It's so hard some days to live surrendered to you. But God, we know it's the right way. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. You died on the cross so we can have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. He says, guys, that his grace is sufficient. In your weakness, he is made strong. It's okay to be weak, guys. It's okay not not to know what to do next. It's okay that it's painful. It's okay. If anyone wants to come up and receive prayer up front, come receive prayer. There'll be people to pray for you. Sometimes it looks like anger that you can't step away from. Sometimes it's a lot harder than that. I know some of you guys have a dad that wasn't there for you. And the Lord's calling you to forgive him. I just feel that in my spirit right now. Your dad did the best he could with what he had. And you have to love him and forgive him. Jesus, we love you so much. We just want your heart for us. Give us your heart, God. Make us empty vessels. We repent today for the things that we've been keeping. We thank you for the everlasting joy that can be ours, for the freedom that can be at work in our life. We choose you today, Lord. We choose you today. You are all we want. You are all that we need. We only need you. It is true what that word says. I want you guys to say it if you believe it. Lord, all I need is you. Lord, all I need is you. Pour your spirit out on us, God. We want more of you. Don't let us leave here without being changed. Don't let us leave here being the same. We want a new heart, God. We want to serve you. Show us what that looks like. We love you, Lord. Amen. As, uh, as Tally said, the altar is open. Um, also, I wanted to make an announcement that on Wednesday at 11 o'clock, we're having a celebration of life or a memorial service for Bob Martin, who passed away last week. He gets to... Literally reap the benefit of everything that uh, has already been kind of confessed today. You know, he's in glory, he's in paradise, he's in uh, heaven with Jesus right now, and we get to celebrate that Wednesday at 11 o'clock uh, memorial service for Bob Martin. So, blessings to you all. Have a great week. Thanks 
again for joining us on this week's episode of the Salt Church Podcast. We're grateful you spent this time with us, and we hope the message today has moved you. Please be sure to join us again next week for another episode of the Salt Church Podcast. God bless, and we'll see you next time.